Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Today, I mean, well, over the week and weekend, we had a very fun, or two very fun NASCAR races, the Alasco 500K and the Supermarket Heroes 500, both incredible races, and I thought they were really fun. And we're going to go ahead and start with the Alasco 500, and the race had been postponed, actually, from Wednesday to Thursday due to rain. It was it was a good race, though. It was definitely good, even though it was on a Thursday night. I know you were excited. Your guy uh, started out really strong went in that first stage and we actually thought maybe Joey was in for a really, really good night and uh, did pretty well. But then it kind of started to settle down, you know, as the race kind of progressed. I think, you know, your guy, Sebastian, he didn't do so well, did he? My guy has had the worst luck this entire season. In fact, I don't even remember the best finish he had. He has only had 14 laps led this entire season. And today, and during the Alsco 500K, he gets into a situation with Eric Armarola, who tears off part of his rear end, and it causes Kyle to like lose momentum and fall under la- the leader. Yeah, I mean, he did. Uh, it was interesting. I saw. I remember that. That was early in the race. It went four wide, and he ended up getting cut down a tire, and that kind of just finished him for the day because he ended up finishing, I think, two laps down. So that was kind of tough. I honestly don't remember if we even talked about it or what happened. But what about Jimmy Johnson in that race in the in the um, Alsco 500K? How did he do? And was he up there early on? Well, he started last after the Coke 600, um, after failing Pro Street's inspection. Oh, that's right. And then he dumb he starts terrible on the Wednesday races, but then does good. Uh, does good on the Sunday races, you mean? Yeah. So he didn't do so well this the uh, Alsco 500k. No, I mean I meant um he doesn't do good in qualifying or where he starts for the Wednesday races, but during the Wednesday races, aka um and Thursday um race, he get, does good like Darlington um the Sunday race he spun out at the start from the back then he fails inspection at the Coke 600, has to start from the back. So how did he do? How did he do, Gio? Uh, I mean, Jimmy Johnson he, during he actually race? did pretty well. He worked himself. He worked himself all the way up to 11th place, starting from 40th all the way to 11th is a pretty difficult. So he task. finished 11th. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, he's actually been driving really well, even though he got that disqualification for Charlotte. He was up there. He was running up there and on Wednesday's or Thursday's race, actually. He was doing really well, too. He did move up, I mean, significantly. And as Gio said, he finished 11th. So, I mean, clearly well, that's really good you, driving. Johan, Jimmy Johnson came back, turned it around in that, that next race after uh, having the issues in uh, post-qualifying. Uh, so, so anyways, we kind of go through the rest of the race. What ended up happening uh, for the rest of this race? Alex Bowman, he won the second stage, but he was trying to keep up with Kevin Harvick, who dominated this race with 63 laps. Bowman hit the wall and brought out the caution, and then eventually with 28 to go, Chase Elliott, who has been pretty much on every like 
everyone's mind since the Darlington Wednesday race passes Harvick and he's trying to just drive to the finish and everyone's like, Are they, is it going to be jinxed? Is yeah. he going to lose the race due to, due to some terrible thing like a caution or bad pitch strategy? Yeah, as soon as we saw uh, uh, Chase Elliott up there, Sebastian was, or, or the, the announcers were talking about it and Sebastian all, first thing he said, he's like, great, now they're jinxed. They've jinxed it. That's it. He's jinxed. And the funny thing is that he himself was like, he was just waiting. He said, I, I'm waiting. I was just waiting for that caution to come out. Yeah. And I think he himself was like, oh, man, I'm probably going to get jinxed for being here in the front again. Yeah. So he he did win the race. You know, it was a bit of redemption. I think even NASCAR tweeted that out right away. And it was a redemption race for him after a tumultuous week. And yeah, in the post-race interview, he, en- he mentioned that. He's like, I was kind of waiting for the caution to come out. And it was kind of funny as we're watching the race dwindle down. On that very last lap, Michael McDowell ends up spinning out right behind him as Chase crossed the finish line. So if there had been like another lap to go, it would have been another one of those restarts and anything could have happened. So he finally got it done. Very happy for Chase Elliott after a, a kind of a crazy week. And he had also won the truck race, I believe, also earlier in the week. Yes, and when he, he did. did the bow. And he did bow. the bow. Like he, Whose bow was that? Kyle Sebastian. Bush's. Kyle signature bow when he wins. Johan, what were you going to say? Can I say something about Chase Elliott? Yeah. The last four races in a row, Chase Elliott has been up to win a race. Wednesday, gets thrown by um Kyle Busch. Then the Coke 600, bad pit strategy. Um, Wednesday, or Thursday, finally wins. And then Sunday, well, um, hold on. In a we're going to get into that in a second. Hold on that stat. So, yes, we're going to talk about Sunday. So let's let's actually jump right into it. So, uh, Gio, why don't you give us a quick recap of how that race kind of turned out, at least in the first part of it? Well, um, in the supermarket Heroes 500, we had the stage first stage winner was actually Chase Elliott. And uh, the Penske cards were actually really strong. The 12, the 2 and the 22 and the 21. Um, they were actually really good. They were up there working together, but unfortunately, Ryan Blaney had got gotten loose as he was trying to pass Brad for the lead. He got loose in the corner and ended up turning around. He was kind of waiting for everyone to pass, and as soon as he thought he was safe, Ty Dillon plows into the front of his car, taking him out of the race. Taking them both out. I was, was really terrible. bummed about that because... I did think the same thing, too. I said, wow, these Penske cars are really strong. And I am a team Penske fan. I'm actually wearing my Joy Logano shirt as we speak. But I become a fan of Ryan Blaney. Uh, I actually He actually took a picture with me in Daytona this year. So any so, NASCAR drivers out there, if you want us to be fans, just take a picture of my wife and she will be talking no, about I, you. No, I just thought that as a driver, it was really cool of him to come over to where the fans were to greet us and take a moment to take a picture. So I think the, that's The really only ones cool. I actually really remember over there was mostly Team Penske. Yeah, the two pictures that I have is actually with Brad Keselowski and Ryan Blaney. So anyways, but I, aside from I think that he's a nice guy and he made the point to come over and... Um, meet his uh his fans he's funny too i yeah he's funny but he's also a good driver and he he's he's in a good he has good equipment and he was really good yesterday at the beginning and i was really rooting for him yeah and we thought he was going to do really well he was up there and then again as geo said around lap 199 he got taken out and ended up uh ending his day early which is a little disappointing but they're showing some they were showing some power they were showing some strength and so 
you would think, again, with a strong team, you're going to see that later in the season. Actually, I thought that Team Penske and Hendrick Motorsports had the dominant cars. And honestly, if Danny Hamlin didn't bring out the caution, I wouldn't think Joe Gibbs would have had a chance. I think Penske would take over and Hendricks would take over. And they were just battling for the lead. Well, I think, I mean, you're you're not wrong, right? You just said earlier about how Chase Elliott had done really well the last three races. And he won the the the, the Thursday night Alsco 500. And then here we go, starting stage one, he was the stage winner. Then stage two, who won stage two, Johan? Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. So you're also, starting to think. Uh, mid, mid stage two, around lap 230. Well, actually close to the end of it. Uh, Jimmy Johnson actually ended up turning Ricky Stenhouse Jr. around near the wall, and we got to see a little bit of a big wreck. Um, but I honestly don't think it was Jimmy's fault. I think it was more of just uh, everyone had to slow down, as he saw coming off the turn. Matt Kenseth had to slow down because he uh, got he lost grip and started sliding up the track. He had to slow down to get back into the groove and ended up causing Which Ricky caused to slow Ricky down. Ricky to slow down, and then Jimmy and then Jimmy had to bumped into check him. up, and that was a crazy crash. In fact, to me. Three of the drivers involved, the 21, the 37, and 27, were like really memorable because the 21 and 37 were literally sliding across the track and they went off the screen. And I'm like, what happened to them? Like, what happened? Can someone get the camera on them? And then the 27, who came after the wreck, nearly got smashed into by um, Ricky Stenhouse, but he was able to just slide right through. Like, it was like he, like, I think what happened was like, um, Ricky Stenhouse was behind Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth gets loose. Jimmy Johnson thought he was going to go crash, so he tried going high because he knew if he went high, he would avoid it. But instead, Matt saved it, and um, um, Ricky, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. slowed down, and Jimmy tried going high, but um, he ended up clipping, um, clipping Stenhouse. That Stenhouse come touched the wall and went spinning into Kurt into Kurt Custard and Reddick. Yeah, so bottom line, Hendrick was doing really well up there, right? You had you had the 48 and you had the 9 up there pretty much all day and you had uh the 11 uh well, I'm sorry. You had the, yeah, and you also had the good Joe Gibbs drivers, right? The 11 the 18, they're also doing really really well. And what I'm not seeing with about 100 laps to go were the Penske cars. They kind of all kind of shuffled back. You know, Blaney got taken out. And Logano, Joey and Brad had they got both penalties. gotten speeding penalties. And they got penalties and all that. So what do I always say in these long races? What about the cream always rises to the top, right? The best yep. of the best. We're always going to write. If you go long term, the creme de la creme is always going to write, right? So what ended up happening? The Penske drivers make their way. Slowly the making top their 10. way back up. Yep. And driving up there. So uh, take us through the end of the race. What ended up happening? Well, actually, with about nine laps to go, Denny Hamlin, the current leader at the time, had gotten loose coming off the turn. Joey Logano and Chase Elliott both were able to actually pass him, but Elliott kind of bumped Joey up the wall, and Joey kind of slid up the wall, bounced off of it, and hit Denny, causing him to spin spin out, and uh, it caused a wreck. That was that aggressive move where I actually got up from my seat. Logano was in the middle. And usually that is a bad thing. He to saw do. that open spot and though. And he just through. went through den- between Denny Hamlin and the lapped car and just rode on through and Chase went right behind him. And we were actually, all of us were, were like, ah, oh, 
when we saw that. It that was, was a really cool move. I thought and that was a strong power a, move. As a Joey fan, that was pretty exciting to see. So then, but then there was a caution and everybody reset and, and you still had uh, near the top, you had Chase Elliott, you had Logano and you had, there was a reset, I think too, right? That's when pretty much everyone stayed out except for like Brad Keselowski and then everybody behind him. And he went in and got four tires. And at the time we're like, well, that might not be a win and move, but whatever, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll maybe wake, make his way up, but there's no way he's going to pass eight cars. And then the race plays out. And when it, who wants to take us home? Who ended up? I'll, fin- I'll, do I'll it. finish it. Okay, wait, right. wait, wait. Right. First, I want to say that it's been a while since my heart has been beating so fast in a race. And I it's, just it's, had it's, my it's stomach. Fun was, to, like feel all that. My stomach was in knots. And I was just, I mean, my heart was pumping really fast because I was rooting for Joy to win. And it was very uh, nerve-wracking. So... To say the least, uh, it was a very exhilarating race for me. We all were like that. We each had drivers up there. Joey, Chase, Jimmy, Kyle, even Clint Boyer was up there. Clint Boyer, my man. That's right. Boyer was up there. I was very excited to see that. So take us on. What ended up happening? Anyway, with about six stops to go, we go back to the green. Chase Elliott got the jump on all the drivers. But Joey Logano was in second place, and he closed right in on him. Joey with a couple of moves and managed to actually pass him. But around lap four, coming into the turn, Chase Elliott got loose and ended up taking out Joey Logano and himself, and they both fell back. Joey finishing 21st and Elliott finishing 22nd, while uh, Brad Keselowski glided on past and ended up taking the win. So I said this a couple weeks ago. One of my favorite nicknames in NASCAR is Mr. Where Did You Come From? And that's Kevin Harvick's one of his nicknames. But after the last two Sunday races, you got to start to say that about Brad Keselowski because nobody with five to go or even 10 to go thought, okay, Brad was going to win this race. And because of situations playing out the way they did and him making the smart call, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a smart call because he had those four fresh, fresher tires and ended up having the car strong enough to drive up there. And once he got past it, nobody was passing him because he had the stronger tires or he had better tires in the stronger car. And Boyer was like that too. Like we didn't even... It wasn't until that final wreck and we're like, wait, Boyer's actually in this? And he's like, and he finished second. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Cause I think at one point he was doing well and then he had he got messed up. I think he hit the wall or something early in the race. So uh yeah, to see Boyer bring it home strong, bring a top two, that's that's something that says something. And the fact that he has demonstrated pretty much every race since we've gone back live, he's had a strong car and he's been able to drive it up there. And at some point, leading or been close to the lead it kind of bodes well for the rest of the season for Boyer so I was very very excited to see him finish top two I'm not gonna lie I was pulling for Jimmy Johnson because I know how much it would have meant to Johan and we were all excited because again with a few laps to go he had a chance to be up there uh unfortunately he didn't bring it home with a win but he did finish the top three and that's a that's a big deal coming back in the championship standing so Johan what'd you feel about Jimmy Johnson doing well. Come on, you got to talk about it. I know it's emotional. I know you get upset, but your guy finished top three. <laughs> okay. Well, Johan is still emotionally upset because this guy didn't win. It was disappointing. We'll it later. was disappointing for Gio and I, obviously, because I really did think that Joey had the chance to win. And yeah. I don't think, even though I don't think that Chase Elliott 
intentionally ran into him. I just think he got a little overzealous and he saw this win in his hands again and rammed into or rammed into Joey and put him in the wall. And so, and they both just got stuck there. I think that to me was like the most like, Ooh, agonizing part is that they just got stuck there and you're driving, you know, top 10, top five, most of your race to, and then to finish 20 something that like, that really like frustrates me. Chase Elliott has had something. These last four races, he has either been in the position to win and then something happens or he's actually won. And he's already had some beef with two drivers. He's had beef with Kyle Busch due to the Darlington wreck. And now he's having he had some problems with Joey Logano in this race. So yeah, it's like- I'm going to say, actually, I thought that there was going to be a fight. So I'm actually pleasantly surprised that there wasn't and they were both able to speak to each other. Um, I was a little disappointed to hear when Joey Logano said that all he wanted was an apology from him and Chase didn't give him that apology. He had to like pretty much get it out of him. So that was a little disappointing from Chase. Um, But I do think it was kind of comedic how he took a line from Kyle Busch when he was being interviewed at the end of the race. And he said, well, we can't go back in the past. And that's pretty much what Joey, uh, what Kyle said about wrecking him. You know, I mean, he's they, not wrong. When they asked him, how did you feel about it? But, but I just think it's, not I, I think it's funny. I mean, he, you know, earlier in the week, he took a page from Kyle's book with his uh, bow. And then last or yesterday, he took a page with his uh Look, you can't excuse. argue... You can't argue that obviously they're upset and yes, they got to do it. But at the end of the day, like, yes, Joey was upset and he, I feel like he had every right to be. And Chase, you know, was frustrated too, I'm sure. But literally they just got out of the car and, you know, I mean, give them a, a minute to like think it through and then you cooler heads prevail. I'm sure Chase texted them maybe, um, you know, since then and said, I'm sorry. And it's probably more heartfelt than in the moment when you're kind of upset with somebody. Anyway, that's just me. Before we move on to, uh, before we actually talk about next week's race, I'd like to give a little information on the top drivers from each race. For the ASCO Uniforms 500, it was actually Kevin Harvick. He led three times and had 63 laps. And in the and in the Supermarket Heroes 500, it was Denny Hamlin who led three times and had 131 laps led. So let's get into next week real quick. Uh, where are we going and what do we look forward to? So we're going to be doing the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. This was going to be a spring race, but due to the coronavirus, it has been delayed to now. Um, the pol- how are they doing? I was going to say, how are they doing with practice and qualifying? So there's no practice and qualifying. The starting lineup is going to be set with the pole in the first 12 positions decided by random draw from charter teams. And they'd split them up into those every 12 drivers. So you have 13 through 24, 25 through 36. It just depends on who has the most team points. The, the owner's points. Yeah. Okay. All right. So no practice qualifying. And I think that's one of the reasons why Brad had a great week because he ended up getting the pull, I believe, uh, for this last race uh, and ended up starting from the pole position and uh, obviously ended up turning that into a win. So, so I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say that we will probably be seeing Chase Elliott in the front. Um, Especially in Atlanta. Denny Hamlin in that's the front. His, that's, his, that's his turf. Yeah. So, I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Hendrick Penske up there. And uh, you know what? I think, uh, I think Gibbs is going to probably bring some. So it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting next week. 
And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Six Degrees of NASCAR, favorite segment. So last week we had somebody that was a bit of a challenge. It was out there. This week, though, we're going to turn it over to Giovanni to give us our person and who I need to connect to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. So will it be more challenging than last week? Giovanni, who am I connecting to NASCAR? Well, it kind of has to do with what's been happening recently. After all, we know that two two guys have made it onto the International Space Station and they were fired from a SpaceX rocket. And the owner of SpaceX, Elon Musk, is who you're going to have to connect. Elon Musk. Wow. So not only the founder and CEO of SpaceX... But also, we all know him as the founder and CEO of Tesla, the, the, the electric cars. All right, so this one's a lot harder than last week, I'll tell you. You know, again, like Geo said, SpaceX is in the news because we just saw the first private company in the history of the world to launch people into outer space. And it's the first astronauts to leave from the U.S. since 2011 when the space shuttle program ended. So Elon Musk is one of the most successful engineers, business persons in the history of this country. And it's actually interesting when I was kind of looking him up. He's also a citizen of South Africa, Canada, and the United States. So he's not just from the United States. Elon Musk appeared in a 2015 episode of The Simpsons, America's longest running TV series. Well... When he appeared in that show, he also appeared with the Dragon spacecraft, which is predecessor to the ship that was in space this week, the Crew Dragon. So how do I connect Elon Musk to NASCAR with The Simpsons? Well, Jeff Gordon also appeared on an episode of The Simpsons, but this was in 2012. He was also in a special promo with Dale Jr. in 2017 when they were promoting the Daytona 500 because of obviously Fox. And so Jeff Gordon and The Simpsons is how I connect Elon Musk to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Well, good job. You did it in three tries. I was, it was hard. I'm not going to connect this to anything, but fun fact. Elon Musk is an Iron Man 2. Yeah, he is. Well, that was actually another way I was going to go. I was like, well, if I can't do it this other way, I may have to go the Avengers route because we know we can connect the Avengers to NASCAR through a different a lot of different ways. We're going to move into our our last segment for for today. Uh, You know, as we talk a lot about our, our podcast, we will go through the races. We'll talk about what we just watched, what's coming up. We like to throw in our six degrees and then we talk about, you know, kind of what we call racing through life, right? And so we will talk about things that's going on. And, you know, there's a lot of unrest in this country right now. You know, we've already talked a lot about what's going on with COVID and the fact that we're, you know, on lockdown and quarantines and all that. Um, But you cannot turn a blind eye to all of the stuff that's going on related to protesting and, and racism in this country. And it's a tough topic, especially we have, we have Johan, who's only seven here, and there's only so much, obviously, he's going to understand. Um, but it is important that we talk about it. And so we're going to talk a little bit about it uh, today during our during our podcast. And so 
you know, I want to start out with this thought that, you know, when we watch sports and entertainment as a family, for us, it's a way of an escape. It's our way of enjoying a shared common interest. But there are times like what we're going through right now where you just cannot escape the world, but you got to face difficult topics and you got to talk about it and talk about how you're going to move forward as a, as a family and as a person. And so, um, you know, we, we already kind of mentioned that there's a lot of unrest going on and, and, and not to, you know, get into too much detail about it. Bottom line is there have been the lives of several men and women that have been taken and they've been taken because of the color of their skin. And unfortunately, this has become a too common story and people are upset and they're acting they're reacting and protesting, and then there's riots and things like that. And we're not here to talk about justifying riots and all that, because we do believe in, in, in peaceful protests, but we're also not here to blame people for being upset. It doesn't matter what political side you sit on. At the end of the day, we should all agree that nobody should be treated differently based on the color of their skin. And this is an important thing that we've taught our kids and we hope and we want to talk about it now. What you guys think about that. So I'll just ask the question, guys. How do you feel or what, what do you feel when you see or hear someone treat someone differently just because they look different than you or they're from a different place? I think it is a horrible, terrible thing. Like it is one of the worst atrocities you could ever do. It's one thing to not like someone. But if your reason for not liking someone is just because they look different, like they have a different color skin than you are, or they have different features, that no, that's wrong. They're human just like you. We're all the same. So why are we treating others differently, yet you're treating people that look exactly like you the same? You shouldn't do that. I've always had a problem with the thought of value being placed on people based on their color of skin. Just because you don't look like me or you're a different color doesn't make you less valuable of a human being. And I think that's one of the things that people are fed up with. It's like just because that person is of color doesn't mean they get to be treated unfairly and unjust and have their life taken from them. What makes the person that's that's taking that life more valuable and and okay to do something like that? And that's what to me is really disturbing and that I just don't get why as humans, we can't see that. No val no life is more valuable or better than another. We're all equal the same. Like we all like equal the same that we should live in peace. Yeah, you're right, Johan. So let me let me ask you something else. Why is this so important? Giovanni and I kind of talked a little bit about this before during breakfast. Like, why is it so important that we care and we even talk about it? Because it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. And it's a sad thing. We all agree, right? I think we all, well, I know we all agree that this is wrong and it shouldn't be happening. And, you know, again, we talked early on about the fact that sports and entertainment is an escape. So why are we taking the time, even in this podcast, to even mention it? Well, because we should... We should honestly all look at this and really think. Just take a moment and think. 
again, does any other life, does any other life value any, any other one? No, it's, it's completely wrong. And I think the fact that we need to talk, I think it is actually important that we talk about this because it, we could have an impact on each other and other people possibly. What was the quote that I, I gave you, the first one that I, we talked about why we need to talk about this? Because at the end of the day, it's an injustice, right? People are being treated and, you know, hurt because of the way they look, because they're different, because they're from a different place. So why, if it's not really impacting us from the sense that we are not the target, right? We are not the ones that are being treated differently because we, we, we look differently. So why, why should we care? Why is it so important for us to care? Because justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. Who said that? Benjamin Franklin. Just think about that. Think about that. And when you see a kid at school being picked on, who may not be your friend, right? You may not hang out with this kid because he's into stuff you're not into. But if you see a kid getting picked on and his lunch being taken from him, is it right for you to just kind of walk on by and just let that happen? No, we need to stand up for those who get pushed down or get picked on or get bullied or get oppressed. To me, I want people to be nicer to everyone and to every to treat others the way you want to be treated. A quote I've heard many times from a wise man said, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look around and make a change. What's that quote from? Batman. Okay. Okay, Lego Batman. Lego Batman. Well, let me give you another quote uh, that Karen, actually, Karen, I want to take it from you because you, you use this quote for something that you're working on. Uh, what was the quote that I, it's Dr. Seuss. Yeah, this is one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Seuss. And it says, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. And that's really true. If people do not stand up for the things that they believe for the, for stand up for other people and make that to help make that change, nothing's going to happen. So if we just sit idly by and just watch the news and see what's happening and not stand up for what is going on and the injustices that are going on, then nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to be better. You know, it's all it's just going to continue. And that's one of the things that it's is so sad to me that we live in the year 2020 and we're still dealing with this. Yeah. And I, you know, the thing I think about is that Again, us just talking about it, is it going to fix it? No. But maybe it, 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 us talking about it, other people having these kinds of dialogues with their family, with their friends, even if you don't agree politically, you at least start to have the discussions. You start to plant seeds in people's minds. And those, those, those seeds turn into ideas and ways to hopefully make a difference. And, you know, um, one thing that I was, I was kind of thinking about is like, there are some people that are taking the stance of, you know, well, this is not really a problem. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, we can't argue that this is a problem. And and why would you focus your energy on one particular group when everybody's equal and everybody is important? Well, because right now you cannot argue there's a particular group that is having this issue and it's specific to them. And this is the reason why we have diversity programs. Not everybody agrees with the idea of having a diversity program, right? Why should we give an advantage to someone just because they're different? Isn't that 
perpetuating or isn't that continuing this idea that we have differences and all? No, it's acknowledging that for whatever reason, there is a group of people that have been at a disadvantage, whether that's education, that's access, that's just the system that's been set up, the way life has been. We want to improve life for everyone, which means we need to focus on getting people access and, and, and helping those that have been at a disadvantage. And that's, again, why you have a diversity program. And the program that I'm going to specifically talk about, because it relates to our love of NASCAR, NASCAR itself has a diversity program. They call it the Drive for Diversity, right? And it's given us different drivers. It's given access to uh, people that want to have a career in NASCAR. Because when you think about NASCAR, and I've told you guys this, but I'm going to remind you, there's this idea of a stereotype, right? What is a stereotype? A stereotype is when you think of a person or a thing, you're like, oh, it that's what this is. And you identify it with these these thoughts of, uh, you know, you have a preconceptions. Pre, yeah, you have these conceptions and these sometimes misconceptions of what that means. But the reality is there's more to it, right? And so the stereotype for NASCAR is it's a certain type of person that gets into NASCAR, right? Well, NASCAR wants to broaden the, the reach of the sport and give people the opportunity to have a career, to have a life in this, this, we feel, a great sport. And that might mean giving an opportunity to a woman to race in a sport that is traditionally run and raced by men. And hopefully we're going to see that play out when a driver like a Haley Deegan starts to race in the upper echelon of NASCAR racing series. You know, that's why you want to see drivers that look different, that are different from different places, racing at the top level. Because until you get to that point, you're truly not getting the best of the best. And sometimes drivers and other people may not have these opportunities if it's not for a diversity program. And that's just one way of how you can try to overcome these problems and educate people that there are differences. People have been at a disadvantage and it's hard to admit that, but it's important that we have an open and honest dialogue about that. Something I've been thinking about is that we all are the same. We're all human. And a Disney ride I've remembered a lot now is It's a Small World. You see throughout the ride, you see all these different people from different places, different countries, different looks, different backgrounds. And the final scene of the ride is all of them together having fun doing stuff together. Yeah, diversity is a good thing. And, and, and I think diversity has been given a negative connotation because it's like, oh, well, no, we don't want different and it's good. It's good to have different in, in, in things. It's good to to have people of different cultures and with different ideas and, you know, just to bring different things to the table. I think that's one of the major differences from NASCAR to Indy or F1. And those leagues, you've got people from different countries. And I think that it also brings a broader range of fans. I mean, as a Hispanic, I was excited when Juan Pablo Montoya came into NASCAR. I, to me, that was one of the coolest things 
to have a Latino represented in NASCAR. It's good to have that connection. You know, I mean, I, I, I watched NASCAR before Juan Pablo Montoya came in and I had favorite drivers, but it was just really good to see that. And now, you know, Daniel Suarez being in NASCAR, that's really good. And that's something that everybody should look as a positive thing. I enjoy going to NASCAR races and just seeing the, diver the diversity of fans that are there. It is really good because that's what our world is. Like Sebastian was saying, we're all different colors with different cultures, different races. But at the bottom, at the end of it all, we are all one. And it's just so good to see the differences and the variety. You know, we, we talk about NASCAR to friends and family that don't really know much about the sport, right? And what is one of the things that we always tell them? If you really, really, want to understand why it's so exciting for us. What do we tell them? Watch it. And? Enjoy it. Well, watch it and enjoy it, but go to a race. Go to a race, yeah. Right? I mean, because once you go to a race, isn't it a different experience? It does. It makes the difference. It? When you see the cars live racing in front of you and you hear those engines and those sounds that come from the car, that come from the pits, it's a whole different experience than what you get. Because even when I've been to races and I record a race on my phone to put on social media, you just don't get it. it the, the sound and the power doesn't come out the same. So it's a different experience when you're in it, when you're immersed in it. It's a different experience than when you're looking at it from the outside or from a TV. Like it's, it is really hard to explain what it's like to feel, to hear, to see 40 cars bumper to bumper going speeds of up to 200 miles an hour around a track. Like that is a feeling to feel the vibration through the stands, to hear it like a, a swarm of bees coming around a two and a half mile track here in Daytona. The first time I felt and saw that I, I you just cannot explain that you've got to feel it right. Something else different about watching a race and um, watching a race on a TV is um, there's different announcers. When you watch it on a TV, it's like um, Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon. But when you're at the race, it's um, not them. Well, yeah, and I think that's actually exciting. They usually play the MRN or the PRN, the radio guys, right? And they play them as they're announcing as the cars are going around the track. So that's a different way to experience the race than if you just watch it on TV. Why is that important for what we're talking about? Because I really believe that if you want to understand something or someone that's different, you need to meet them. You need to go outside your comfort zone and you need to build relationships with people that don't look like you, with people that aren't from the places that you're from that are from different parts of the world or different socioeconomic statuses, life backgrounds. Because when you actually get to meet somebody and build a relationship with somebody that comes from a different world than you do, you start to understand why their points of view are important. Why the way they see the world is different from the way you see the world. And maybe the way they see the world and experience the world is worth getting to know. And when things are important to them, it starts to become important to you. And you can't really do that unless you build relationships with people that are truly different. 
I will say one of the things that I'm very fortunate is that I've been able to have relationships with people that, that truly look different than me, that are from different places than I am. And it always opens my eyes. I've had the opportunity to travel internationally and you really look at the world differently and you really understand how big of a world this is and how many different people, different languages, cultures there are. And it is, it's a beautiful eye-opening thing if you're willing to go outside your comfort zone. And that's just one way that you can help in a situation like this. This is not a short-term fix, what's going on in this country and in the world. It's going to take a long time and it's going to take big changes. And so that's one of them. It needs to be taught that it's not okay because I've seen many times or many things on social media that say, you know, racism isn't, isn't something you're born with. It's something that you're taught. My seven-year-old son doesn't know what that is because that's not, he, that's not, he doesn't look at people based on their colors. He has friends. It doesn't matter why, what they look like. He has friends because those are his friends and that's who he, who he made a friendship with. What he cares about is, do they like NASCAR? Do they like cars? Do they like, do they like spending time with spending him? Spending time with him? Do they that's, like football? That's, that's all that matters to him. And it's like Sebastian said, it's fine. You don't like somebody because you don't like their personality or the way they treat you or whatever. That's different. But to not like somebody or treat them badly or think that they are less of a person because of how they look, that is wrong. And it needs to stop. It needs to be. I mean, it's obviously not going to stop right away. Like you said, it's not a short term fix. But man, it needs to be it needs to be spoken about and it needs to be and people need to know this has to stop. It is wrong. And this is why people are protesting. I know right now there's a focus of, oh, well, there's all the other stuff, the looting and all the violence. Yeah, we don't stand for that. And that's wrong. That's not going to solve anything. But don't lose focus of the reasons for the protest, the peaceful protests. Enough is enough. And people need to be held accountable for their actions and the injustices. That's why people are upset. That's why people are standing up and protesting, because this needs to stop. I want to end uh, with a couple of thoughts. I want Sebastian, if you don't mind reading this statement in bold, and then you can tell us where it's from. And then I want to end with how I think we're going to move forward as a family. Not to say that this is the only way to do it, but again, part of us talking about it is educating our kids and trying to make a difference in a very fundamental way. So Sebastian, I want you to read that statement. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is from the Declaration of Independence. So as we're out there, arguing, having different points of view. At the end of the day, this country was founded on that statement. That is the basis of our, of our Declaration of Independence. So how are we going to move fa- forward as a family? Well, one, we talked about this. We want to teach our kids and continue to teach us about the importance of inclusion, acceptance, fairness. And we're going to continue to build relationships with people that are different from us. It's important. And part of our love of NASCAR is that we don't have a lot of friends that are into NASCAR. So I think it's a, it's a cool, different thing that we like. And we want to introduce people to the sport. 
We want to be willing to speak up when we see an injustice and stand up for those that are in need. And, and that means having these types of conversations so that Gio and Johan and Sebastian, when you're in school and you see someone getting picked on just because they're different or they look different, what are you going to do? I'm going to help them. Even um, if they're a bully, if they're a bully to you and they're getting bullied, you should still help them. Because that's the right thing to do. And then the last thing, this is more for mom and I, because you guys aren't of age yet, but it's important that you educate yourself and you hold leaders accountable. And how do we do that in this country? By voting. At the end of the day, we need to vote. That is one of the most important ways that you can make long-term changes and differences because by voting for the right people, you put people in charge, you hold them accountable for this kind of stuff, this kind of madness. So that's the third way, and we're going to do that as a family, and we're going to educate ourselves and advocate for more people to vote. So that's it. This was a heavy, 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 heavy topic to end with, but I think it's important. It was important to talk about it. Yeah. I'm glad it's we an important about subject. It. So for those of you that stayed with us, and uh, you know, we're going to go in overtime, I'm sure, with this episode, we want to thank you. Um, well, before we uh, end the episode, we have something to tell you guys. We actually have an email, which you can check out. I believe it's on our website. You can send emails to us, uh, feedback, and anything you really want us to know. Love to hear your opinions on what you think of our episodes. And the email address is let's go racing family at gmail.com. Again, it's let's go racing family at gmail.com. And I will put it in the show notes. So if you're listening to our podcast, regardless of where you're listening to it, if you just click on the show notes, you'll see that that email address there. And also, don't forget to subscribe to this guy, G Crafted. <laughs> A plug for his brother's uh, YouTube channel. All right, Gio. Anything else? So feel free to send us a message. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And um, also for my brother G Crafted, um, also help him get subscribers. <laughs> All right, Gio. Why don't you take us out? That's going to wrap up today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening on it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell down there that we get notified whenever we upload a brand new episode. Let's Go Racing Family, out. Out.